0: Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 49. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier and on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at B Journeyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy
1: at Network Nerd Underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? I'm doing great, John, getting close to that golden 50th episode. Ooh. Isn't that close to your age? Almost. Almost. Okay. Well, listeners, we are VMware solution engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. Hopefully our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at NerdJourney. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip.
0: Great, Nick. Hey, we're at a uh, VM World this week, right? What's the over/under on brand new Nerd Journey podcast listeners we
1: meet? I'm thinking it should increase at least 10x. Is that does that sound fair? Oh, so you're you're predicting a, a 10x increase in downloads? I'm just wondering. 10x many... year over year growth. Isn't that what we were going for? Isn't that what we <laughs> said in the in the one year reflection episode? Am I wrong? <laughs> 10x not even not even 10% right 10x wow yeah I mean how else are we going to get the word out about the John White School of Mentoring if we don't go evangelize I mean ladies and gentlemen you can send that tweet out to at journey today to sign up for the John White School of Mentoring and get pricing and packaging information or if you're going to be a VMworld US you can find John or me and we can sign you up right there I will be happy to take your money assuming you have some on you but you know john there will be stickers at VMWorld oh. if you're going to oh, be yes there.
0: there will definitely be stickers um i'm i'm going to do everything that i can to uh, to give away every single sticker that i have um make us uh, re-up on stickers
1: nice i actually gave my first sticker away this past week at devops days to uh, the one and only winces michelle so if you're listening Wences, congratulations! You were the first to receive Oh one. man, oh
0: geez, this is gonna be a competition, isn't it?
1: Challenge extended.
0: Wow. Okay, we're gonna have to see uh, how that goes. Have to keep a keep a strong count. Um, you know that does remind me. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, on the day that it comes out, Tuesday morning, and you're at VMWorld, uh, make sure that you hit us up. Right, uh, we can go out, get breakfast, get lunch. Uh, snacks, coffee, whatever. Um, if you're there, we definitely want to meet you. Awesome. I know we're probably wiped out already. Uh, good thing we had this episode ready to go loaded and uh, ready to, uh, go out. Um, we talked to Marissa Eckberg about paid time off, AKA PTO, AKA vacation, um, policies, uh, um, how to take, um, how to evaluate, uh, basically because of the the topic of IT burnout is in the air. It's in the zeitgeist. Uh, so actually, didn't we just talk to somebody about IT burnout?
1: We certainly did. Those would be the Kieran Sheldon episodes, 46 and 47. I think 47 was more geared toward the burnout topic, though, but they were both very good episodes. Good insight from Kieran. Nice. Thanks again, Kieran. Um, right, so we wanted to talk about
0: this from the point of view of someone looking to change jobs and evaluating a new company to compare PTO policies, especially uh, if they're, if you um, are concerned about burnout.
1: Yes. And interestingly enough, this comes from a perspective outside the technology sphere. So Marissa is an HR professional, former colleague of mine too, as well. And in classic nerd journey fashion, it wouldn't be us if it wasn't a two-parter, right, John? (laughs) That's right. Um, I really liked, I was just listening to the conversation again. I really
0: liked when she contrasted, uh, unlimited paid time off, um, with, uh, companies that might have like a defined number of days or weeks. Um, oh, and some interesting things that I, I didn't know about employment law and PTO and, uh, what she had to say about it being a hot job market right now, uh, summer of, uh, 2019 and how that's affecting company benefits.
1: So here we go with the ins and outs of PTO from an HR professional. Marissa Eckberg, part one.
0: Marissa Eckberg, thanks for joining us on the Nerd Journey podcast.
2: Wow, that, thanks, John. Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, we wanted to have you. Um, actually, maybe I should ask you to kind of uh, give an overview of what you do. Um, I know that uh, you're a human resources consultant, and and we'll make sure that people have a link to your LinkedIn. But maybe on a on a day to day basis, could you maybe tell us um, what it is that you do for uh, for companies?
2: Sure. Um, well, I kind of do. <laughs> I do a lot. <laughs> um, I am I've been in HR for about fifteen years now. Um, right now I'm kind of in the consultant world so I work um, with many different companies across different industries. My book of business is about forty clients right now. Um, I have a client who's as big as a thousand employees and I have another client my my smallest client I should say is is probably about uh, probably my eight person group so, you know, forty different clients, anywhere from a thousand employees to four or five employees. Um, it's kind of what I do across different industries: uh, hospitality industry, um, marketing. There's digital marketing company that I work with. Um, there is a, um, gosh, how do I describe them? They're almost like a like a like a digital um, aquarium up in New York. Um, they're really cool. So my job is is really fun. I don't work with just one company. So that's how I kind of differ from your standard kind of HR professional. I work with a lot of different companies.
0: So in in doing that, are you helping them to choose from a set of HR policies? Or are you actually helping them to implement those policies and, you know, act in kind of like the, the as one of their HR representatives?
2: That's a good question. What I do is I kind of help them come up with people's strategies. Um, I also help companies with compliance. There's about 80 to probably 100 different just federal laws out there that employees have to, or employers have to comply with um, when they're employing people, right? But there's also I can be very task oriented and very day to day like audits and things like that. And I can also help them build a compensation structure and do salary surveys and work on performance management and kind of be more strategic with them. It just depends on the company, it depends on the client and it depends on what their goals are as a company. Um, I do training with employees as well, yeah.
0: I I think that this like kind of um, matches up with other industries that I've been in where as you're like maybe a smaller or growing business, like maybe like this area of human resources, is something that you haven't really thought of before, or you you're, you're kind of winging it and you know, you're it's just easier to bring in like a company to outsource um, part of that too. Um, so that you're in compliance, kind of like uh, you probably don't have like a plumber on staff or an electrician on staff. You like hire somebody else to come in and do it for you, <laughs> or at least, right. uh, you know, audit, like what it is that you have to make sure you're within compliance.
2: Right. I tell my friends, like most of these people, they're entrepreneurs, right? So they, they get into business to make widgets or, you know, offer a service or something. It doesn't really dawn on them until the workload gets big and they have to start hiring people that, oh, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. There's a lot of things that you can't just, you know, you don't just hire somebody. There are things you have to do. And so it gets kind of complicated, Business owners, they outsource their bookkeeping and accounting, you know, right to a CPA. They outsource website development, that kind of a thing, so that they can focus on their business. Same thing with HR.
0: Okay. Very, very helpful to understand uh, the business that you're in. Um, so with that in mind, we actually wanted to talk to you, um, you know, now that we have this opportunity to talk to you about um, this issue of paid time off or vacation time. Um you know, Nick and I both come from small and medium-sized businesses that we worked for in the past that had, you know, various, uh, you know, PTO policies. And and now we work in this, you know, large high-tech industry um, that has unlimited PTO. Um, and we kind of wanted to talk to somebody, a professional in the industry, to help us like talk to people who are... Maybe in the process of changing jobs or looking to change jobs, maybe they have multiple offers, or maybe they're evaluating an offer that they have against a job that they have, and you know there's this gap in in paid time off. Um, you know either much much better, maybe it looks better because it's unlimited, or it's you know they're coming going from unlimited to like a more of a defined benefit. You know whereas they gain seniority, they get more days off a year. Um, so that kind of like general idea of of p t o um hope we were hoping that you could uh, uh help us to like have a framework for how to evaluate different paid time off policies um when evaluating a company or or a job offer I know that's a really general topic but uh <laughs> that that's kind is. Of the, uh, <laughs> a, a big area i know
2: well i mean let's take this concept of paid time off in p t o right mm-hmm. so Um, there are no federal laws requiring that companies offer this. This is, this would be considered a benefit. So you're right in calling it a benefit. Um, there are States and a lot of cities are getting into it as well. um, that require paid sick time off. So time that's specifically designated for sick, uh, taking, uh, I don't know, taking care of yourself, taking care of a family member, um, you know, that uh, recovering from being ill, that kind of thing. Um, But so, so yes, it is a a benefit for employees. And when you're looking at it, obviously you want, you would want more benefit. I would definitely say if when you're looking at a job offer, ask them about, okay, what are your benefit plans look like? I mean, generally you just get this offer letter and it might have PTO listed on it. It might not. So I encourage you to ask those questions. Ask about the 401k. Is there a match? Ask, ask about those things during your offer. Um, And also know that PTO is negotiable, right? So if you only see two weeks on there, um, it never hurts to just say, hey, I'm leaving a job where I have three or four weeks of PTO. Is it possible for us to negotiate that or at least get a little bit more salary and compensation for that? So I really encourage. So right now, let's talk about really. And I might be I'm sorry if I'm going off on a tangent, but not at all the unemployment rate right now is the lowest it's ever it's been in like decades. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like 3.2, 3.4%. It's very, very low. And what that means is that there's almost a labor shortage, right? So those high quality candidates are going to already have jobs and they're not, they may or may not be looking for jobs. So that whole, in my, in my arena, kind of, we call it post and pray, right? We post it out there and we pray that people apply to it. Well, that doesn't work anymore. Employers are having to come up with ideas and more creative ways to retain their employees. And that's where I see this, this concept of unlimited PTO coming in. Because candidates and employees nowadays really want that work-life balance. They want that flexibility um, in their schedule um, to be able to take time off. You know, I'm getting the job done. I'm getting I'm meeting all of the requirements. I'm I'm getting my projects turned in on time. You know, I'd like to take some time off. Gone are the days where you stay with a company for you know for 30 years and retire from that company, right? So it's kind of in a nutshell PTO is a benefit. It's definitely negotiable. And I would encourage you to ask questions during that offer process because the ball's in your court right now.
1: Uh, Do companies like the unlimited PTO not only as an attractor to potential employees, but so that they also don't have to pay out any PTO if someone willingly leaves? Seems like there's a split vote on whether you can resign from a company and take any unused PTO or not?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a draw, right? So you have unlimited PTO, but we're not tracking it. So at the end of your tenure, if you leave for whatever reason, we don't have to pay it out. Um, But in some states, you don't have to pay it out anyway, even if there is a bucket of time left over. Um, California you do, but there are others st- like Texas, for example, you don't have to in Oklahoma, you have to have something, a specific verbiage in the policy or handbook that says, um, that says that you will, or won't pay it out, that kind of thing. Does that answer your question?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: That's a, uh, that's shocking. I actually didn't know that there were localities where, um, Paid time off that was already accrued like didn't have to be paid out if the employer or the employee left for whatever reason yes wow so uh that that really uh is a disincentive to accrue much uh vacation in that case you know just in case i was like you know i always uh hear the you know probably apocryphal stories about people who have like oh i actually have a year and a half of paid time off like accrued and so the end of my career is about taking a year and a half of vacation or, you know, getting paid out a year and a half of of salary. But depending on the local laws, that just might not be true.
2: Yeah, definitely keep up with your PTO balance and take your time off. You've earned it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to get burned out. And, you know, it's there for you. Just use it. Take a mental health day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally understand. So, um, there's definitely advantages to the employer. It sounds like and as far as talent retention and then talent acquisition, mm-hmm. um, advantages to the employee, um, are, are there obviously is the ability or the freedom to take more PTO. Um, any, is there, I, I think when, whenever I tell people that we have unlimited paid time off, there's this immediate pushback and they say, oh yeah, but you probably don't get to take it, right? And um, I, I was just wondering if you've seen any studies about you know, propensity to actually take vacation when it's uh, unlimited and not accrued.
2: Yeah, I've, I've actually read a couple of studies recently and actually um, em, employees tend to take about the same amount as they would if they actually had a bucket of PTO. So in general, the average is between 12 and 14 days, um, plus about eight holidays usually is, is what is there. There are some outliers, right? There are some that only take the nine days or some that'll take 20 days. Um, but for the most part, they stay within that 12 to 14 day range.
1: For the companies that you're seeing that offer the unlimited PTO, are they generally larger companies who have more internal employees to support folks taking off more time, or is it kind of a mix across the different sizes of companies that you've seen?
2: It's not really about the size of the company, although I would argue that it's probably easier to manage and easier to fit with the culture. For a smaller company, I wouldn't say a 20 person group, but I also wouldn't say a 500 person group. 100, 150 employees, I think that's completely manageable. But it's also about the industry that they're in and the makeup of their employees, right? So if you're in, if you have a call center and you have a bunch of hourly employees, right, it doesn't make sense for you to have unlimited time off. But when you have a bunch of exempt level, highly skilled employees, for example, the an IT company or a a digital marketing agency, that unlimited time off policy might be a better fit. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. And
1: that's a good point about the difference between exempt and non-exempt because it seems like in the companies where they have a set amount of PTO, there's generally more PTO that you can have or can accrue if you're, if you're exempt.
2: If you're exempt.
1: Or mm-hmm. or salaried. Did I say it correctly?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, I I see tiered plans. Yeah. um, From my experience, I don't see it a lot separated between salaried and hourly employees. I see it separated between usually there's a tenure factor, how long they've been with the company. Sometimes um, I will see like C-suite will get an additional week or management and above will get an additional week of PTO or something like that and generally managers are going to be salaried and individual contributors might be hourly so i can see where the where you would get that from
0: got it got it um something that we talked about um before we started recording is um basically you know these human resources benefits as an expression of company uh culture maybe is the right word where yeah. um you know, the company is trying to, you know, project something for, again, for the employees that they're trying to retain and trying to attract. Um, how, do, how do you see this fitting in um, as one of those things? Is it just pure benefit and attraction or is it, uh, is it um, also about setting a tone for, for the employee experience overall?
2: Companies have to create their own brand when they're recruiting as well. So, yes, they are trying to create a better experience for their employees. Um, I would say it works in their favor when they have employees. Productivity actually goes up when their employees take the time off and they come back refreshed and ready to get back to work. Rather than a bunch of burned out employees and you're telling them to do more with less right? And they see their PTO bank getting bigger and bigger, and they're not taking it. Is that what you were trying to ask? What, the question you were trying to ask?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think okay. so.
2: Okay.
0: I, I think, you know, neither of us has been a manager. So uh-huh. neither of us has been in the position to, like, maybe en- enforce the idea that people should be taking the time off. And I hadn't really thought about the idea that a manager might be tracking, you know, wow, are my people taking enough time off? you know, in order to maintain the productivity level that I need them at. Um, It's, it's something I hadn't thought about. Um, Thanks for bringing that up.
2: And it's part of those studies, right. That I read through, um, kind of preparing for our discussion, you know, productivity goes up when your people are more relaxed and they feel confident enough that if they do take their PTO or time off, whether it's unlimited or limited, whatever, That they're not going to come back and somehow be penalized for, you know, leaving the company or leaving, you know, work and projects and taking time off. Right. Some people, if they're not working, they kind of feel like they're not being productive. And a lot of times their identity is their work or they feed, they project that onto their managers will project that onto their employees. Right. Yeah.
0: Does that that make sense? That seems unhealthy. Like uh, Nick and I just uh, listened to this uh, discussion where uh, somebody was pointing out that you want to separate what it is that you do and who you are otherwise because you can have highs and lows of what you're doing and you don't want your um, self-identity to be affected by those highs and lows.
2: Absolutely. Your self-worth is a lot more than your job. Right. A lot more to offer the world than just that.
1: So this idea of coming back from vacation refreshed, uh, to me, it speaks to the need for people to disconnect completely when they're on PTO. Um,
2: Absolutely. Yes. Uh,
1: do you see any kind of trends in handbook policy writings that say, you know, if an employee's on PTO that they they shouldn't have to be contacted for work things? Or is that not really something that's written into a policy?
2: That's not really written into a policy. I definitely encourage managers. So there's a you know, there's a pushback. Well, I can't let that many people off because I have to have someone to do the work. Managers that I see do this really well, um, they will say, Okay, your time off is approved. Just make sure that you have kind of a buddy system set up, right? So you have someone to quote unquote cover you while you're gone and meet your client's needs, or answer any questions for any open projects that you're leaving. Just kind of a backup person, right? So that frees up that person who's going on vacation to truly go on vacation. So assign someone as a backup.
0: Are there different, um, this just popped in my mind, uh, are there different laws in different localities for say you are taking you know a block of of days or hours to take time off but you actually have to call in for a conference call or something like that is there actually a certain amount of time that if you're on that call like that actually doesn't count as like a time off anymore
2: when you're an hourly employee and you do any work whatsoever when you're on vacation or you're away from the office any hours worked have to be paid now, a salaried exempt employee is a little bit different. Um, they are being paid in in theory or in, technically while they're out on vacation. It's just paid vacation time, right? You're being paid to just not work. If you have to take an occasional call or a conference call or something and maybe it bleeds over and it's two, three, four hours out of your out of your vacation and you know, you're on the beach. Your family's on the beach, but you're stuck in the hotel room taking a conference call. You know, maybe you talk to your manager and you say, "Hey, I took a two-hour conference call, and then I had to, you know, do some do some work behind it to make sure that everything was running smoothly with this with this project that we're rolling out. Um, can I have four hours back added back into my PTO bank? There are no laws that say for an exempt employee." hey, you're on vacation. If I contact you, I'm required to pay you for that time or not dock your PTO bank for it. There's no, not that I know of. There aren't any laws like that.
0: Got it. But it it is worth a discussion with one's manager if that type of thing happens in an Mm -hmm. unplanned way. I mean, for example, if I know that I'm going to be on vacation, but this one day I have to work, then, you know, if I have a vacation bank, maybe I talk to my manager about that and say, well, I know that I have to do eight hours of work on this day. So can we not count that as a PTO day? And talk to them about that as part of the approval.
2: That's a reasonable ask. Yes.
0: That makes sense.
1: You know, John, back when we were talking about interview questions, people ask early and late process. uh, I can't remember if we encourage folks to ask about, you know, if I decided to take a PTO day, what does that look like? How is the coverage model for for that on your team? And, you know, if I if I am asked to take calls while I'm PTO, do I get that back? Maybe that's something to just get out in the open before you even take the job. I, I think
0: that we talked about that type of discussion is happening um, after the offer is made. Like, because before that, th- you're representing that all you're thinking about is what the time off benefits of the new employer are and not what value you can be bringing right. to the employer um, as opposed to after the offer where they've decided that you're valuable and important to them enough to have on the team and now the power shift is towards you and uh, you know I, I suppose that you could ask enough obnoxious questions that an offer could be retracted but um, I don't think that that really counts in that I, I don't know Marissa how, how did how, what is your feeling about that
2: I think I kind of disagree with you, John. Really? I I, I think an interview is just as much an interview for the company as it is for the candidate as well. You're interviewing that company. Do you want to work for this company? Do you want to work for this specific manager? So maybe we don't talk about time off on the very first interview, but if you get asked for a second or third interview, you know, you're kind of in those final stages ask the manager how time off is handled in the, in the team. How, how do you manage time off within the team? Um, is it generally, uh, required that you be available while you're on vacation or, you know, as a manager, kind of what's your philosophy on, on being completely unplugged while you're on vacation?
0: Sure. Yeah, I I can definitely see that. I think, uh, It's very interesting that you don't see a problem with asking that before the company's made a commitment to to actually offering you a job. I I think at least this is how it worked in my mind that there's you know those you you definitely want that information. I think that you and I agree on that. I think I was just saying the timing of when you ask that is um, before you know if you're asking that when you're when they're deciding between two people. And they say well this person seemed more focused on like the benefits and this person seemed more focused on how they could add value than the bias you know even if it's unconscious is well this person didn't ask us about you know how much time he could take off or what the health plan looked like or what the 401k match was he was asking about you know those uh you know more like job focused and value focused things but right you know i don't do this every day though so <laughs>
2: <laughs> i wouldn't ask you about the benefit plans and all of that until and like actually how much pto you get until after the offer is there but as far as the management style and the general culture of the team that you're entering into i would say yeah how is it looked looked on when you know someone takes time off how does how is that managed in the team
1: And maybe it's easier if you get to talk to another member of the team in addition to the manager to ask them and it's less intimidating than asking the manager.
2: Yeah.
0: Or it's multiple viewpoints, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly.
2: The manager could think they're a great manager. Then you, I don't micromanage at all. And then you talk to someone on the team, they're like, well. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, I liked, I really liked what you said about um, recognizing that PTO is a possible negotiation point. I think that people think about um paid time off or vacation time as something that's like oh it's just fixed by policy. Um you know, so if you know first years get this much time and second years get this much time and third you know or however that like seniority ramps up, like that's mm-hmm. how it is, but but re- in reality, like people can negotiate on most things right like oh hey i want to be recognized as a fourth year person in that case or i want to start out at this tier um maybe you just don't know about the internal how that's structured but um rather than just accepting that things are fixed in stone like um i don't think that i've ever really thought about pto as a negotiation point
2: it is and you know what i saw one crafty employee recently and i was like you know what two stars for you um She actually asked for an additional week of PTO during her performance review. She had a stellar performance review, and the company, you know, they're like, well, we can only give you 3% raise because, you know, that's kind of what our budget is allowing. And she says, well, what about an extra week of PTO? And they, you know, they kind of thought about it, and they asked me, well, is that legal? Can we do that? Is that a thing? I said, absolutely. So think about that as, as something, you know, you do a bang up job, you're a rock star, you know it, ask for an extra week of PTO during your, during your performance review. See what, see what happens.
1: And we should ask, even if the policy says the highest you can go is four weeks, maybe we ask for five. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hashtag side Um, agreement.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a, an employee handbook is really kind of setting the minimums then, and uh, maybe that's the way we should be thinking about it.
2: Maybe yeah mm-hmm. I,
0: And I'm sure that there's some things th- where um, they're maybe dictated by law, like uh, um, you know benefits packages or like um, amount of uh, 401k match or something like that is, is kind of set in stone like you know some people can't be offered more than others. Um,
2: as far as 401k is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of tax and IRS regulations on all of that. And honestly, I am not a 401k expert. Mm, okay. um, <laughs> so <laughs> I wish I could answer that question.
0: I'm sure I'm sure that's super complicated. Maybe we could progress to um, the topic of HR and company culture in general. I'm sorry, uh, maybe I should ask it. Are, do you have any closing thoughts or, or other thoughts that we haven't covered when it comes to uh, paid time off um, and employees uh, using it?
2: N- no, I don't think so. I would just, you know, don't be afraid to use your time off. It's it's there for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just kind of my my little motto. Don't be afraid to use your PTO.
0: That's a uh, sage advice. I think... Uh, <laughs> too much. uh, We're, we're, I don't know, we hoard it like any Mm -hmm. other resource. Like, uh, I'm bad at saving money, so I'll save uh, PTO.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then it doesn't get paid out when you, when you decide to leave the company and then then where are you?
0: (laughs) Wow, that was just a really great discussion. Nick, uh, that's the first time I understood why a business owner might want to hire an HR consultant. Uh, Marissa really had great insight. I, I wish some of the small shops that I work for had had someone like her on retainer, really uh, clarify the uh, the policies and and how company culture was, you know, supposed to be uh,
1: supposed to look. I definitely know what you mean and you know the great thing about being a consultant is you see this wide variety of companies and have all this insight talking to them versus just working internal HR for one company so I I think it's cool appreciated her her wisdom there I actually really liked the negotiation nugget about PTO I won't spoil it well I guess this is the end of the episode so I can spoil it but that was one of my favorite parts I never thought about Asking for more PTO instead of more money, you know, if they weren't willing to give it and you know, John If I remember right there was a bit of a debate in that episode. How did you feel about that? (laughs) Yeah, a little
0: uh, disagreement Uh, Listening back I I definitely think we're really just being picky about the timing of a discussion about Benefits she was saying in late stage of the interview process, you should ask a manager or or some other person about the culture of taking time off. I totally understand that point of view. Um, okay. Uh, anything
1: else before we get out of here? Just to clarify, John was being picky about the timing, not me, (laughs) but just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey.
0: All right, farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. And remember, if you are at VMWorld US right now, uh, reach out to us. We'd love to meet up. I'm John White at V Journeyman for Nick Cordy, at Network Nerd underscore. Signing off.
1: Adios.